Hi, this is Dave Summers, and welcome to AMA Edgewise. Christy Hedges is a top leadership coach specializing in executive communications. Her clients include CEOs and senior executives in the Fortune 500. She's a popular speaker, and she writes about leadership for Forbes.com and is regularly featured in such publications as the Wall Street Journal, Harvard Business Review, and the Financial Times. We're going to talk to her about her new book, The Inspiration Code, How the Best Leaders Energize People Every Day, which is published by Amicom, Division of the American Management Association. Christy, welcome back to AMA Edgewise. Thanks so much, Dave. The Inspiration Code, what led you to dive into this area of inspirational communication? So I dove in because of a combination of curiosity and a personal, a deep personal interest. So the curiosity part started because the Power of Presence came out in 2011, the first version. And I was out talking to leaders more and more. And so I would go into these rooms of, you know, crowded rooms and leadership conferences. And it's the morning, right? And people are tired and they're there because somebody's made them go. And here we all are. And I have this challenge of sort of energizing the group. And so I would start asking this question to get them started, which was pretty simple. Who inspired you and what did they do? Mm-hmm. And what I was trying to do is, is, is bring it back to presence and, and use that as a warm-up in the room. Um, but very quickly in, in doing that exercise, I would notice a very interesting phenomenon, which is that however reluctantly people came together to discuss that, their faces would start lighting up as they talked about the person that inspired them. And the energy would dramatically change and people would be laughing. And it, it was such a stark contrast to where we started. And I started thinking, how do we get more of that in our workplaces? And so talking to thousands of leaders all over the world, asking this question, I started collecting the answers. And they were a little bit surprising. They were different than what I might have expected in terms of, of what people actually did. And so I started capturing that and trying to figure out what to do with it. Well, at the same time, I was reflecting in these moments about me personally and what had inspired me. And so I grew up in a small town, first person in my family to go to college, started my first business in my late 20s. I've started three businesses now. And at every juncture of those risks, there was, it was preceded by an inspiring conversation. Right? Somebody had said something to me that enlivened me, that made me feel like I could do it, that sort of gave me a burst of energy. And I thought, gosh, how could we put all this together and and bring this to people in a way that would help them, you know, Mm -hmm. whether they're an organization and a nonprofit or just want to be a more inspiring person in anyone's life. In the book, you discuss, describe, lay out something called the Inspire Path. Why does it matter? Well, the Inspire Path is really a guide to having more inspirational conversations, you know, the kind that as I was saying, that sort of make us believe in ourselves or light a fire underneath of us or help us change or sometimes even change our lives. Sure. Right? We all have had those conversations where we have them, we leave, and we're just not quite the same after that. Sure, It's a guide because we can't force someone to be inspired. I can't say, hey, Dave, I'm going to inspire you right now. Now, you're not going to like it, right? I can't do that. Uh, I have to only... <laughs> I don't know. I'm, e- I'm easily convinced. <laughs> I can only... All we can do as leaders is, is, sure. is create conditions that are most likely to inspire people. And so what I did with the Inspire Path mm. is I, I, I put together, as I, I, you know, I've talked to you know, thousands of leaders, I looked at, scoured decades of inspiration research, I uh, commissioned my own original research, 
And I took all of those, that data, I took it back together and, and laid out this path to create the conditions to have the most inspiring conversations. And that's what the Inspire Path is. There's something so compelling about just the topic of, of inspiration and listening to people who are inspirational and following mm-hmm. people who are inspirational. At what point does inspirational talk need to become inspirational action? You know what I mean? You can get people, you can promise people a lot. Mm-hmm. And you can get people all excited. You can tell them tales of your, you know what I mean? Right. And heroic adventures mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. Read your Joseph Campbell mm-hmm. and take them on this heroic quest and whatever. But at some point, you got to deliver, right? It isn't just inspiration. It's it's implementation, right? It's bankable success or actions that are taken, right? D- doesn't that have to follow? For the person doing the inspiring? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we're inspired by a lot of different things. And, and so that's one of the pieces of, of research that comes out of this book. So we can be inspired by what someone says. We can also be very inspired by what someone does. Right. Okay. Uh, right? Right. So there's a lot of research on role modeling, for example. And why role modeling is, is so inspirational to people is because we see people doing something. It's like a vicarious experience. I see you can do it, Dave. So that means I can do it, too. Got it. Uh, and that can be very inspiring. Certainly, if someone says something and then doesn't do what they say they're going to do, right. that quashes inspiration. It's a disconnect. Right. It's a disconnect. And so there's a lot of different pathways to inspiration. And what I would say is the more we incorporate yeah. of inspirational behaviors, the more likely we're going to inspire people around us. Yeah. Uh, it just strikes me. I'm a student of human nature, but I have no graduate degree, of course. It's just this. There's a, there's a power in the doing. There's the power in the, the action. Because I can say any number of things, but the achievement, sometimes it's the achievement. Sometimes it's the action. It's I undertook this. Right. Sometimes failures can be inspirational. Absolutely, especially when we're very real about the failures. Part of what I have found is that one of the things that makes people so inspiring is that they're very personal. So they're willing to be in a personal conversation with you. They talk about your particular potential and what you can do. Mm -hmm. It's the difference between somebody coming in and parroting a company line, which has been beautifully developed and well-vetted, and somebody saying, hey, let's just put that aside. Let's talk about what we think you can do. That's a very different conversation. So back to your point about actions versus communication. So this is a communications book. It's about conversations. I do get into you know different ways of having these conversations because nonverbal and actions are part of the communication experience. But I don't want to go away from the fact that impactful conversations change our lives, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes just having that type of encouragement is life changing for people. No. It's incredibly engaging. Yeah, it's rocket fuel. It, yeah. it really is. Wow, I've opened my eyes. You know, kind of thing. What makes passion so difficult to convey? Well, I spend a quarter of the book talking about passion, Mm -hmm. and I do it because it came up so much in the research. You know, people said again and again and again, this somebody was just energizing. They were an energizing force in me. They were passionate. They cared about what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. They weren't phoning it in. The reason it's difficult is because passion is emotion. And particularly in the work world, but you could really say most any place, we're not comfortable sharing emotion. We get a lot of kind of conventional wisdom to, to keep our cards close to the vest, don't let them see you sweat. Certainly don't show, you know, serious emotion at work. And then, you know, we wonder why people come, leaders show up like robots. Um, but we've conditioned them 
to do that. And when someone gets up and, and they're sort of unemotional and sort of preternaturally calm in a situation, there's no energy exchange, right? So yeah. we don't really, we don't leave feeling any different. So in order to, to make people feel passioned, engage them, to excite them, we've got to put that into the room. And that means being willing to talk about and show emotion. Where do people mess up on, on this stuff? Where, where, do, where do people go off track or misperceive inspiration or, or what inspires somebody? Where do they mm-hmm. can get confused? Well, you know, I found that there's misperceptions everywhere, right? It, it's almost as if there's a gap between what we think about inspiration and what we experience about inspiration. And that became clear pretty early. So when I say, hey, name an inspirational leader, chances are you're going to get in your head someone who is kind of a big personality out there, you know, who is a great orator, or you think of, you know, someone, an iconoclast, right? Mm-hmm. Just it's kind of a Steve Jobs type personality, right? Um, just from that term, inspirational leader. And then I said, well, who inspired you? The number one quality that came up in the research was they were an amazing listener, mm-hmm. right? They were just really present. They were always available when I came to them. They made the space for me. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's a big difference, right? The other one that, that comes up a lot is people are programming themselves through their career to really be almost what I would call a kind of a perfect persona, right? To, to know the answer to every question, to be prepared for anything anyone throws at them. And yet in, in the research, it came up, the number two quality was that people were authentic and direct and said what they mean. Mm-hmm. We knew they were real. So, right? So then there's that I think I should show up and be sort of this super perfect professional. Mm-hmm. And yet what inspires me are people who are authentic and real. Yeah. Right? So we have this, this, this sure. gap and that I could go on and on. There's a lot of misperceptions like that. Inspiration typically in my mind is a word associated with a person or a couple people or you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it, it's not necessarily something that's associated with an organization, a company, a culture. Right. Or a company culture or whatever. Can you talk a little bit about how stuff like this might be addressed by a company culture or what leadership needs to be paying attention to outside of this sort of individual rock star, bright spotlight shining Mm -hmm. on an inspirational leader? What what can a company or an organization, a collective, whatever, do to sort of take upon that issue of, of inspiration as a part of a culture? Well, if you think about it in terms of of purpose, there's a lot of discussion about purpose-driven organizations and having a strong sense of purpose. And sometimes that works out beautifully. So let's say that you work at REI, Mm -hmm. the outfitter, and you are... I I am a member, by the way. Yeah, so perfect. Could be you. Could be you, Dave. So, And you love the outdoors and you're passionate about that. Well, then you're in the right place because the purpose of REI and your personal purpose align perfectly. Most companies don't have that option, right? Mm -hmm. You are working in IT services firm that, you know, works in the financial services industry, right? There you are. Pretty dry stuff. Right. And so, you know, what you'll find is that companies will often try to... like create a sense of purpose for, for people. And listen, any gesture is better than nothing, right? But what happens sometimes is you're in that organization and it feels a little manipulative. Mm-hmm. And when employees feel like they're manipulative, they put their hand up and just sort of like, you know, back it up, right? I'm not buying what you're selling. Mm-hmm. What I propose is a different way of thinking about purpose in organizations. So if you think about, there's levels of meaning theory, and I'll just simplify it for you as around purpose. And there's more levels in this, but here's how I try to think about it. 
So there's big P purpose, and that's like, what's my life's meaning? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I'm at REI because I believe we need to protect nature, and I'm passionate about that. There's little P purpose, which is that, what does this report mean that I'm working on right now? You know, it's good to know that, right? Because we know when we're doing busy work that seems to have no purpose. It's drudgery. It's really difficult sure. to do and focus on. I think managers and leaders have a great place to play in the middle, which I'll call middle P purpose. And that's, that's kind of contextualized purpose, or another way to think of it is, what is what I'm working on now? How does it create purpose in the, my life where I am now? Right. And so those are things like, you know, am I good at doing this work? Um, is it something I enjoy doing? Because, you know, what we're good at doing isn't always what we enjoy doing. Um, does it put me in a relationship to others in a way I want? Is it creating forward momentum mm-hmm. for me? And so in the Inspiration Code, I outline some questions, some purpose-filled questions to help managers navigate that discussion mm-hmm. for people. Because, you know, we don't have to be attached to an organization to a large purpose. We could have it be very purposeful sure. for where we are right now. And managers can help people find that. And just as a concluding question, is there any kind of linkage between simplicity and inspiration, the less complicated an issue. We used the word passion before. Right. And it strikes me that many times passion kind of cuts to the quick on a couple of big mm-hmm. Lego brick types of things. You know what I mean? So there's a, sim- there's a simplicity or there's a simplification to kind of get to that passionate point. Is there, is there a linkage between simplicity and inspiration, or is that kind of like, no, it doesn't, you don't need it? My sense is that there is a link, because for one thing, if you look at language, simple, direct language is more inspirational than flowery, complicated language. There's exceptions to that, right? You can think of people who are very inspiring, who put things a certain way, and you really admire that. So it's not an absolute. But for sure, there is a sense that when we inspire people, we're not speechifying right? We're just having a simple conversation like we're having right now. We're being honest, we're being direct, and we're being present. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is a pretty simple exchange. We've been speaking to Christy Hedges. She's the author of The Inspiration Code, How the Best Leaders Energize People Every Day. It's published by Amicom, Division of the American Management Association. Christy, cool stuff. Good luck with the book. Thank you so much. For insightful articles and sage business advice, read AMA Playbook, a daily blog featuring articles focused on key management and leadership issues. AMA Playbook features wise contributions from dozens of thought leaders. Visit the blog now at playbook.amanet.org. feedback very seriously here at the AMA. If you get a minute, you have some thoughts about this program or additional questions, just send an email to us at podcasts at amanet.org. 